Today's story is a good, honest mountaineering tale about a new route on Beatrice, a peak in the Characusa Valley in Pakistan. I've recently been reading Jim Curran's book about K2, The Story of the Savage Mountain. He documented attempts to find and scale the peak over a hundred-year period into the mid-90s. And there are a lot of take-homes from his writing, highly recommended, by the way. There's just how vast and remote the Karakoram is, and how inconsistent the weather is. One thing that shines through is the team dynamics, from Reinhold Messner's small 1979 expedition to American Charlie Houston's democratic approach in the 30s and again in the 50s. And then there are the wild-eyed egotists, the rich, the reckless, and, in the case of Alistair Crowley, the downright insane. It does seem that to be drawn to these places and the uncertainty and suffering requires a particular personality and drive, but it also requires the talent to pull it off. Today's team aren't short of talent, with a twist that's still unusual nearly 25 years on, an all-female first ascent. You're listening to Factor 2 from UK Climbing. If you had to pick your dream team of British female climbers in the late 90s, you couldn't go far wrong with Louise Thomas-Turner, Glenda Huckster and Kath Pike. Between them, they had expedition and big wall experience, E7 on sites, as well as new route experience. In this episode, you'll hear from Louise and Glenda about their experience. You might recognise Louise's name. She's married to Twid, who featured in the episode Brave New World last summer. First voice you'll hear is Louise. I don't know, I think a lot of uh, climbing stories, the more modern ones, are a lot about, oh, I, I tried this route and then I had to go away and train and I tried some more and I was finding it really hard and then I did the route. Uh, but there's not so much that's like, actually, you know, you, you have to really take the window on an expedition that you could get, you could just get snowed off and you just don't know. And you don't know beforehand, you don't even know when you're there and you're trapped in the tent thinking, is it going to be all right tomorrow? We can do it. I felt like your, that expedition seemed to embrace a lot of that uncertainty and kind of come out of it quite well. I think if we'd ever re- if we really thought about what we were going to do, we'd have probably never stepped out the door. <laughs> I think because when you're there and in the midst of it all, you're just focused. You're you're focused on the day to day. And you're focused on what's ahead of you, whether it's the the walking or the bottom section of the route or dealing with the weather. So you don't really think about whether it's possible or not. You're just thinking about the next problem to solve. So I, I don't think, I don't think until afterwards we ever thought, God, you know, <laughs> why on earth did we ever think we could do this? <laughs> At the time, it just seemed. I suppose what was quite, I think it's one of those things in retrospect, there are lots of things you think, oh, the first being that afterwards, I think we were quite surprised by the interest because before you go, you just have an idea and you think, oh, I'd, I'd really like to go and do that. And so the trips I had done before had been with Twid and and then he had a team he wanted to go and and climb with and well well actually i think it sort of happened the other way around i saw the face i'm, I'm trying to, i might have this wrong so somebody else might come out with it 
the the boys were going to go and do a trip on K seven, if I remember rightly, and and I and when we were looking at the pictures, uh, we saw pictures of this mountain Beatrice, and I just thought it looked like a beautiful mountain, and because I'd done trips with Twid before, I thought, oh, I I just really like to go and and climb that. In retrospect, afterwards, I thought I, I'm not quite sure why I ever thought that I could actually do that because the amount of new routing I had ever done was was quite limited. Uh, new routing I'd done for myself, I'd done stuff with with Twid, but not so much for myself. And then finding other people who were interested in going and and doing it, and I knew Glenda. She's she is genuinely an amazing climber, really talented, and you know both sort of at an ability level, but also for for new routing. And uh, so I, I know I knew Glenda from being in North Wales, but I didn't really know I didn't know Kath Pike really at all. We were looking for somebody else who was keen and prepared to come uh, and Kath was and so sort of our we were we were a group of people a group of girls who'd not even all met before sort of um, we all had sort of slightly different skills I guess I had sort of a big wall and alpine experience and Kath and Glenda more had a sort of technical rock climbing and, and new routing so I think Probably the reason it was successful was that actually we had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> um, yeah, that was definitely my perception of it because basically, you know, um, I'd done lots of rock climbing, you know, trad climbing in the UK. I'd done a little bit further afield in America. I'd, 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 I'd um, done stuff like aided the nose and the salafe, you know, on El Cap. Everything. So I'd had a, I had a little bit of big wall experience. I don't think I'd ever really been to altitude particularly, and I don't think I'd ever crossed a glacier. So really, I didn't have that much experience at all. And um, you know, Louise obviously had tons of big wall experience, and um, yeah, like I had, I'd never. I've never actually climbed in the Alps or anything, so I was definitely didn't really know what I was letting myself in for. Didn't know what it was going to be like at altitude either. I was desperate, to be honest. I mean, I remember. So we, you know, you, you obviously arrive in Islamabad and stuff, and it took us several days to sort everything out, and then we started to walk up to base camp. And I can't remember if it was two or three days of walking, but I was absolutely like at death's door. I don't even know. We went, I think, I don't even know how high base camp was, but I didn't, at one point, I didn't even think I was going to make it there. I just had a terrible, like, pounding headache, sore throat, couldn't sleep. And, um, you know, we weren't carrying particularly heavy loads and they were heavy enough. And I just remember on the last, I think for the last day, Steve and Kath sort of waited because I was like way behind everyone else. They sort of waited for me. And um, 
I think Kath rather tactfully said, um, should we redistribute the loads? <laughs> and so uh, by the time we got up to base camp, you know, I was just feeling destroyed already, which obviously wouldn't do my confidence too much good. Getting to base camp thinking, you know, I've come all this way and I, you know, I'm not even going to make it to the cliff, let alone climbing thing. Glenda wasn't very well uh, when we arrived. And so we found a way up through the, the glacier, which was quite crevassed, <laughs> onto the, the base of the face. And then we found a way through. Uh, so we sort of set off making our way up through the roofs at the bottom. And Glenda wasn't very well. And she was really, really, really sick with altitude sickness. I think for me, I wasn't sure whether I was ill or whether it was altitude sickness or whether it was a combination of both, you know. And obviously, you know, we could, I think we could, I think you can see the face from base camp. I'm not 100% sure about that, actually. But, um, you know, they were all keen to walk up to make an advanced base camp. I do remember walking up with everyone, or at least I walked up. I imagine they were ahead of me to advance base camp and, you know, dump some stuff there. And then I went back down along with Twig and Grant, I think. And that was me. I was just, for the next week, I think, I was just, well, no, not, not the next week, actually. I, then I was just down in base camp and they were all up there, like, fixing ropes on the wall and, you know, and I, I was just sort of languishing down in base camp. I remember getting up every morning and taking my pulse and it'd be like... My resting pulse is normally very low. It was, I don't know about these days, but then it was about, you know, like in the low 40s and every morning I get up and take my pulse to be like 110, just after I'd woken up, be really worried. I just struggled with it. And then I was just hanging out at base camp with Ibran, who was our cook, and um, Zahir, who was like a guide hanging out with those guys whilst everyone was up there doing all the work. But I just couldn't, you know, I just, I just couldn't do anything, which was um, not, not good. And then there was some quite funny bits about, uh, so we sort of fixed the, the line, sort of made a start, and then we came down and we had really bad weather, really, really bad weather that forced us down anyway. So it sort of reunited us all. We were back in base camp. And then uh, Glenda, she she was worried about the altitude. She was feeling a bit better, but her eyesight seemed, you know, really blurry. And then she knocked her glasses and realised that she had put her lenses in the wrong sides. <laughs> I, 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 sort of, I don't know, I sort of distinctly remember that. <laughs> and then she put her glasses in the right way and she was like, oh, you know, I'm okay now. <laughs> Most of my doubts, I think, and insecurities weren't to do with the climbing, but they were to do with sort of adjusting to the altitude. That was my, like, big worry because I'd been so ill. I was worried that, you know when I went from base camp because I basically spent like two or three weeks mostly at base camp just going up to advanced base camp a little bit but um, my worry especially initially was uh, 
was my was my health and then letting the side down you know when you're not feeling like you're pulling your weight it's difficult to deal with base camp was pretty amazing and the and the guy Ibram the cook and um, you had to have a guide because of the you know the um we didn't have to have an LA, a liaison officer but we had to have a guide who just basically hung out base camp kept the uh Ibram the cook company really more than anything else but um but yeah they were lovely they were always so cheerful and they made amazing food all the time so they'd sort of, with a tarpaulin or whatever, made some sort of like mess tent type thing. One of the really funny things that happened is we were just all, there was like loads of mice running around. And one evening we were just all sat around and I felt something on my head and I just sort of instinctively just swiped at it. And I hit this mouse and it flew across and landed in Grant's cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and then sort of scrabbled out and ran away. But the craziest thing was, is Louise like jumped on, like jumped up and like was really freaked out. And I was like, is this intrepid woman that does all these big wars? And she's like scared of a mouse. Uh, well, I, now time is a blur, but while I don't know, sort of, it seemed to be sort of, and the first part where she was feeling sort of really sick, but she was also sort of made worse by this fact that she, she worried about her eyesight and what was going on there. <laughs> um, so it, it could have been some time. But we had, we also had Grant with us, who is a doctor. Uh, and so that was quite nice because then you, you have got that sort of backup of somebody sort of checking and going, okay, you know, we'll just just sit it out just see see how it goes and and uh keeping checking on her and then by by that time so she had had time to recover and acclimatize and then we were ready to to make a start uh on the face proper she didn't miss much (laughs) i think i wanted to go as a female team no, not really, not in any way to sort of prove a, a point, but I, th- I think because the trips that I had done before had been with Twid and um, and I've climbed with other people and other, you know, men in the Alps and you you form a relationship, don't you, sort of, and you trust the person that you, that you climb with and and that's really important. I think sort of if I wasn't going to be climbing with Twid in the big Al, in the big mountains, then I think it had to be something sort of different. Uh, and so that was why I, I just thought it'd be, it'd be nice to climb with some friends. It'd be nice to climb with, with some other girls. Um, and so that, that was what, yeah. So it, it was, a very definite I'd like to climb with a group of girls but more about I, but not so much about sort of you know we are a girls team going to go and do something does that make sense I think in any team there are you know everybody's got their strengths 
Um, and when I climb with Tweed, he he he's a stronger climber. You know, he's a much better, braver, technical climber. But what I'm quite good at is the graft, and I'm quite good at the problem solving, and I'm quite good at keeping us going. Uh, and so that's a different dynamic. Whereas with um, Glenda and Kath, and then the following year with, with Libby, we are we all have our our strengths. Um, but I think you're much more of you 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 feel that you have to do every part of it if that makes sense you know sort of so you are I guess you we're not a totally even team but you are more of an even team I do remember we we were walking through the villages and um we, we all we saw really were like men and we, and we would you know we'd be invited in for a cup of tea and stuff and um the person would always want to introduce us to his uncle and a brother and the granddad and whatever and i think i don't know if it was louise or twid at some point said oh you know can we meet your wife and your daughters and stuff and, and so we did, but it was like we, we kind of had to ask for that because they were sort of hidden away always, it seemed like. But once we, we asked about it, then it was fine, you know, we, when they all sort of came out and we said hello to them. So that was a little bit strange. I have to say that Louise and Kath in particular, and also Steve, I guess, they were just so fit and strong, yeah, for, for ferrying loads and just... Yeah, they didn't seem to get affected by altitude at all. I think Kath had been, um, I think she'd been in Colorado in the, before we went out there and she'd been climbing up on, on Longs Peak and places like that. So I think she was quite well acclimatised. Louise just, just seemed to be pretty amazing. <laughs> she's just, because she's quite little, you know what I mean? And she just carries those phenomenal packs and, yeah, so those I have to say that you know both Kath and Louise definitely did more of the hard graft than I did. Well, I think we were we were really anxious about going to you know not we'd not not travelled in, in the area before, and so we weren't sure how we would be received. So we were we were really careful i think we made a point of um wearing the local costume uh wearing the shower chemise to to being covered up um and trying to be respectful to the culture that we were going in and i think when i look back now sort of travel is so easy now and it and i think it was a good time it was a good time to be able to travel but it was also quite new for us most of the time we were really well treated we were well looked after i think most of the time people were more that they were more intrigued um and we had we had a really nice time we were very very well looked after and when we went into the villages we were told and again it's sort of quite funny thinking how things have changed so you know sort of there were not smartphones or 
digital cameras, you know, sort of it was all on film and slides. So we had cameras and we were told not to take pictures of the, the women. And then we were staying in our cook's village and we were taken into a room with all the women and it was you know you felt really privileged and we just sat there and you know we couldn't we didn't speak Urdu and they couldn't speak English but we just sat there and they gave us tea and we had a a really nice time so I think I felt that we were allowed to experience things that you know other expeditions probably wouldn't uh, experience and then when we went out, there was a really beautiful girl and she asked us to take a photo of her, which we did. And, and I think it's quite interesting now because, of course, she never saw that photo because it wasn't digital. Or you know, sort of, um, went back a, a couple of years later and we did sort of take it, but we didn't, I, I didn't meet her uh, again. So I, I think we had a really nice time and I think because we were more of a curiosity and we were we were respectful we were, we were very well looked after we had seen a picture of the we'd seen a picture of the the mountain and oh gosh I'm now I'm trying to remember whether we saw the line before or when we got there I think not until we got there and then we realised that the bottom section up to the big ledges where we had the portal edge that was difficult to find a way through so we ended up sort of working with the boys on that and then when we got to the ledge we'd identified two two lines and we went out to the the left of the ledge I think it I think it was a bit frustrating but to be honest I wasn't even there for the start of the route you know, I couldn't, I wasn't really even part of that decision. I was a bit disappointed because we'd obviously, I had looked, we had looked and I, and I was disappointed that we couldn't do a different bit to begin with. But ultimately I wasn't there and Louise did some hard aiding through one of the roofs. The women's team pulled their weight on that. I guess what happened which kind of saved me in a way is they had a few days you know up there putting up the ropes and stuff on the first few pictures and I um and then they came I did stagger up one day and just as I arrived at, at the advanced base camp they were they they were all you know quite elated they'd got through some overhangs and they sort of got to a sort of ledgy system where we were going to put up a where we were going to put porter ledges and stuff. But they were like, oh, we're going down the next day for a rest. You know what I mean? So I talked all the way up there, like gasping for breath. And they're like, oh, we're going down. But we went down and then it just snowed and rained for like about five days. And they were all like really depressed. And I was gradually starting to feel better. After that, once after that, the altitude didn't seem to affect me. So so yeah so that sort of that bad weather actually meant that I could participate when when the weather cleared up because it wasn't something we'd really done before I don't I think I don't think we thought about the the line necessarily the line not maybe 
we would we think were we able to do it were we capable of doing it but I think because between the three of us we had different strengths you sort of felt well if I can't do it then Kath could do it or you know Glenda could do it so I think we just I think we thought that the weather might beat us but not necessarily uh the the climb we would find a we just find a way of, of of doing it if if we could so we were we were sort of our portalages were probably about 100 meters apart now and they their line was this crack line it kind of went straight up and we were sort of a bit further left um and sort of initially at this sort of corner system ours wasn't such it didn't look such a definite line and it proved to be quite arduous to find a line to be honest because we started up free climbing and then we got into this hard aiding corner and I'd never I'd never had to like put in pegs or or anything like that really I don't know the bit of aiding I'd done in Yosemite was just cams and wires and RPs and things and so Louise was the one with all the experience of aiding so she would she it was down to her basically to get us up these corners which was, some, you know, sort of A3 plus, I think. Um, and uh, we kept trying to, I kept trying to venture out left, hoping to sort of get out of the difficult corner and find some easier ground. But the face didn't lend itself to lots of protection. The minute you left, you know, it's big granite sort of walls and stuff so it was difficult so we, I, you know every so often I sort of scurry out leftwards be miles above my gear think oh, this is not good and scurry back in and Louise would come on aiding up the corner and uh, you know it was very slow progress and uh, yeah and I guess and then so after about four days we were all exhausted and um we all went back down to base camp, I think. I think Kath and I sort of then started into the cracks and we were sort of free climbing what we could do and, you know, sort of, I'm sure we could have done it in, in better better style, you know, we sort of aid climbed some bits on RPs and sort of all felt really quite tenuous. And then once sort of, Glenda was sort of back up and fit then things were able to sort of get a bit faster because then uh, we could free climb and sort of now I'm trying to remember sort of sections of there were a couple of times when we had really bad weather and sort of escaping down off the route and frozen ropes and and time to recover and then pushing back up onto the wall but you sort of remember bits about the climbing but you remember coming down to the uh to to base camp and the cook having made pizzas for us uh in the pan which <laughs> i think for climbers also it's so unusual to have somebody you come down and somebody's making tea or making or cooking for you <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we went. Yeah, we went back down to base camp, and it snowed again. And then we went back up to advanced base camp, and we <laughs> we um, 
we were having this big discussion whether to go back down or not because the weather was bad. I do remember a quote from Twitter actually. And it was like, we're mountaineers, let's go mountaineering or something. <laughs> you know, when people were talking about going down. Um, so anyway, so we trudged across the glacier again, you know, covered in snow and all the rest of it. And, and Kath and Louise started jumoing, and me actually, we all started jumoing up. And then the weather just turned. And I, I guess I was on the first belay and they were carrying on up. And it just started, I, I guess the snow was hitting the face and it was just melting and it was just running water, like it was proper waterfall. And I went back down thinking that Louise and Kath were going to come back down, but they didn't. And um, I went back across the glacier to a, a, a advanced base camp with the, with the guys and they carried on up and I think they just had a horrendous time getting up to the, uh, up to the portal edge. I think it was pretty dangerous to be honest but anyway they, they got up there and then they spent a whole day just trying to like cover probably and dry out things and we could see them on and off but it kept it kept snowing but at least we knew they were there when they were safe because I was quite worried you know it's proper like they were juma after proper waterfall I think and so then when when I went back up, they'd already carried, you know, they'd put up another couple pictures. Yeah, and we had we had periods of really bad weather of snow and sleet and cold and you just have to keep you just have to keep pushing on. You know, and I suppose that's the good thing about trips like that you are you're there it's your only focus and all you have to do is push on or or lie in bed and read <laughs> it's a pretty simple life um and you know keep keep yourself as safe as you can and, and i and i guess that's all we were doing was just where when we could when we had the opportunity we would be out on the wall and we'd be pushing forward and and then escaping back down to the the portal edges <laughs> yeah but i think i think someone's bits remember sort of deciding that we could get back on to the uh, the ledges and heading up being in a, a storm and then the jumars not jamming so you're trying to get up the ropes and actually your jumars are just failing and and it's cold and it's wet and it's really horrible then but that's probably when scotland's quite good training uh and you just it's just a, another problem to be solved so you you get your prussics out and you get them around the ropes and then you you carry on and then you get into the ledges and you're, I think portal ledges are amazing, you know, because, well, they, they, they don't actually offer you real physical safety from rocks or anything. You feel safer when you're in them in the same way, you know, and if, if you're in a storm and you've got a really good tent and you just hunker down in, in the tent. Uh, and I think that's a sort of, I guess the, sec the security of, climbing and big wall style with portal edges that you you've got those to to get 
back down into. Of course, there was another team on the wall the whole time. Twid Turner, Steve Myers and Grant Farquhar were climbing their own new route. But if you've ever been on a wall this big, you'll know how you can still feel so remote from other teams on it. This face is the size of El Cap, after all. We could see them, and you know, to begin with, I think we moved a little bit faster and they were slower, and then suddenly they just they got through sort of their steeper rock and they just then sort of sped ahead. And, you know, we were still sort of slowly plodding our way up. Um, but, yeah, no, we were quite close. It was, at, um, I think I think we made a joke that sort of uh, there were times where, when they wouldn't really talk to us. <laughs> I can't remember why. And, uh, uh, but yeah, they were they were they were just next to us. They were just along the ledge a bit. <laughs> I think it was just comforting to know that there was backup. Then it was our sort of like last few days, really. We had one day. We had one day left uh, where we had to reach the the top. I think I'd been really quite optimistic up to that point, but um, we we did manage to get out of this corner system onto the face, and we were sort of free climbing. You know, it was so cold all the time. The sun, the face was in the sun for about midday, and then it would go into the shade, and it'd be fine in the sun. But the minutes went in the shade, you were just like so cold. Um, and so we sort of we had like one day left. So the, the, the guys had topped out. Boys had gone down, the boys went down and we spent our last night in the portal edge. And we just thought, well, we'll get up really early and we'll make a push for the top. We were going to get up at four in the morning and, you know, do our summit push or whatever. And we wake up at four and it's snowing, of course. We're like, oh no, we're really depressed. That was the one point in the trip where I really was like, all oh, this effort that we put into it. The guys have done their route, it's not fair. <laughs> you know, why can't we do ours? And we just thought, oh well, we'll just we'll wait a bit. So we got up at six, put all our clothes on, and waterproofs on and everything. And, you know, jumard up the lines thinking we're just getting our gear back. I find it really hard to estimate how much further you've got to go. I tend to underestimate through wishful thinking. We woke up and it was just, it was snow. It was just horrendous. And, and I think... So I think we planned to get up really early, planned to get up sort of three, four o'clock in the morning, looked out and it was snow. And I think we actually went back uh, into the sleeping bags and didn't bother getting up. And I think that's the one time when you're like down because you think this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. And there's not a competitiveness between you and the boys, but I think it also perhaps adds to the disappointment because they've done it and you're there at the same time and you haven't. And that, But then it 
after a few hours, we realised we needed to get up because we needed to clear the route. We needed to go and bring everything down off the wall. And so we all, the three of us, set on, uh, set up uh, the ropes to sort of um, to bring everything down. And then the higher we got, the weather just cleared, and we get to the top of the ropes and we look up and think, well we've got nothing to lose, we might as well carry on. And so we did. And so we thought, oh, well, Louise, as, as always, was like, well, we'll have a cut-off point. We'll, keep, we'll climb till four o'clock and then that's it. We turn around. And then we had to get down and the porters would be coming. So we were really now right to the line. And I think on that day, if I remember right, it was probably Glenda sort of pushing and I was much more in in support. So we start climbing and, and finally, I remember we got into this sort of band of, vertical band of sort of blackish rock, which actually took quite a lot of gear. It was a little bit loose, but it took quite a lot of gear and it just seemed to go to the top and it was like, yeah, maybe we, maybe we can make it. And we just kept going. And then all of a sudden, we're at the top of this pillar, at the top of the wall. And it was like, oh, <laughs> all right, OK. We went past, I think we went past our deadline, but we got to the top. I don't know. But yeah, it was pretty amazing feeling to be honest just look around there's just like mountains going on forever and ever I don't know what time it was but it was it was really late I remember it being late and like you you're there but you're there and and it's amazing it's amazing you're you're at 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 the top of this face and there's nowhere else to go there's nothing else to do but to get down and so that's what, what we did, sort of slowly and and carefully made our, our way down and back to the ledges. And gosh, now I, this is really funny. I need to go and read my report again because I don't remember. I don't remember if we went down to the portal edges and slept. I, I just have a, a, a memory now of descending and descending. It really felt like that. I mean, you know, then we had to, I mean, we couldn't, couldn't celebrate for long. We basically had to get down and strip all our gear. And Oh, we had huge bags. And the whole bags were horrendous <laughs> by this time. <laughs> because we're bringing everything down. Um, but uh, I think it's just, it's just necessity, isn't it? You, you have no choice. You have to do it. And um, and so you do. That day we went back down to the ledges. And spent. I'm pretty sure we spent the night. And that's where things start to, you know, again, kind of go wrong. So the top section was fine. The top section stripped and everything came down all right. And then, of course, we're picking up our portal edges and all the haul bags. We're going down the bottom section and something happens with the ropes uh, and I think that was probably the the nearest near miss 
I was the last one down and I, I, I don't know how heavy. So I had this massive pack hanging off my harness and I also had a rucksack on my back. And I was the last one down and I'm upsetting down and I looked down and the rope was completely shredded. I mean, how, how Cap, I think, who was a person before me, managed to get to the ground, <laughs> I don't know. You then just, you think, oh my God, this rope is going to snap. We've, done, we've come all this way and I'm going to die here because this rope is going to snap because it's rubbing across an edge. You're going over the, uh, taking the hall bags down over the roofs. But I think what happened is as she had gone over this overhang, somehow she must have swung in or whatever and just cut it. And so I had to um, basically, you know, isolate this damaged rope. There's no way I could have... um, got you know gone past it but I had you know I was had all this weight hanging off me it was just I could barely do it I basically I just jettisoned my whole the, the sack that was hanging between my legs I just cut it loose and it was like we you know we recovered it but I went obviously flying down and slid down the steep snow slope onto the glacier and uh, then I had to get myself past this knot which luckily I'd done the MIA a couple of years previously so I kind of knew how to get past because I was, you know, free hanging. And, and, and we're all together and we're all sort of working it out and we're getting down there. We get down through the glacier and down onto the, the moraine. And then all of a sudden, and again, it's, you, lots of it's just a blur. You remember the fear, you remember the, the relief. And... And then we get down onto the moraine and suddenly there's uh, the head torches of the boys and Ibrahim our cook. And he just pops up and he's there with the kettle and the cups and he's going, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> and and I, I do remember writing and I think it was the one time sort of we got there and you felt, okay, now, now, now I'm a girl because I, I just sat, I think we just sat down and wept. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't you don't want to do it but it is you've got nothing else left uh and I think it's just the relief of it all being over and that you're down and then somebody is being nice to you <laughs> not that people not that there was no sort of the uh we were all being supportive and helpful but it is just suddenly somebody going do you want a cup of tea <laughs> thanks to louise and glenda for giving up some time for this episode and a big thanks to kath pike for sending me some photos to accompany it you can see these photos on instagram factor.2 nice to be able to sometimes sort of look look back Uh, we had a daughter who's now 15 so i stopped doing expeditions when she was born so it's quite funny that it's very I still do lots of climbing and I'm still in the mountains but expeditions are sort of a a little bit of life that's on hold at the moment and uh, so it's quite funny because it's not something that she really knows about me at all (laughs) Is it something you'll go back to? I think so yeah I, I think so in some way or another I'm not I don't know, but, you know, definitely want to go back into the mountains and do more exploring. 
whether I'll spend so long uh, hanging around on big walls, I'm not sure. <laughs> so this, it didn't uh, convince you that you wanted to start doing more expeditions? No, I guess it didn't. Like I said, I, the only other one I've done after that was really was um, going to Greenland. Since, since I've had my daughter, I, I'm still climbing loads, but I'm, I haven't been on any sort of major trips or anything. 